Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's what it is. And people are like, oh, you're insulting my thing. I know I'm insulting your thing. I know. It's called film. It's criticism. It's not called friendism. We're doing critique over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I had to, I had to channel my inner. Uh, yeah, sure. My, my inner. Um, I understand. Like, I, you're, you're valid in, in feeling all of those things. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I wanted to hear is that I'm valid. <laughs> no, you don't need that. You're on Midnight Local, the podcast from How to Drink, where we just talk about things. Movies. Uh, pop culture. Maybe some video games. That too. All the things. The things. The stuff and things. All of the stuff and the things on Midnight Local. Let's get to it. All right, I'm Greg, and this is Meredith. We are at Midnight Local, and I just did your own words for you, whether you liked it or not. Why don't we do it again? Oh, we're going to start right from right in. Yeah, right in. I'm a little rusty. I forget what we're doing here. It's been a couple of weeks. Oh, well, it's a podcast. It's a podcast that <laughs> oh, we do together okay, okay. about mostly movies, but all kinds of other stuff as well. It's coming back to me. It's, it's coming, coming back. back. That's good. Okay, That's good. good. I'm glad rusty to hear that. Here. Yeah. Did you watch Everything Everywhere All at Once? I, I've seen it now three times. Oh, wow. How but did I you have time for that? <laughs> you make it sound like it's Titanic or something. It's It's... A fairly normal length for a movie at two hours and 19 minutes. Well, anyway, as if you you may have surmised that we're talking about everything all everywhere all at once today, finally. Um, God, I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. Oh, good. I'm glad. I knew you would. I knew like people kept telling you you'd like it. I was not so convinced that that you was going to be the case. You kept saying to me, oh, I'm really interested in what you have to yeah. say about this. What were you thinking I would have to say about it? Well, I just know it's this movie is all emotion. Like we talk a lot about, uh, you know, movies just like getting to the point and being very like succinct. And this movie is the opposite of all of that. It's not succinct. It's a total mess. And it's a completely like emotional outpouring. I would say it's a lot about emotion, but um, I don't if that was my problem with it necessarily i don't know that that's what okay yeah i was on board for that actually okay on the emotional front i think but maybe not let's analyze it because here's the thing i watched it last night and i have pretty mixed feelings about it and usually i have a lot more time to process a movie than this sure and uh what ends up happening is that i'll find out like that's why i didn't like it you know I'll, i'll be able to pinpoint it i haven't done that yet and for those of you who are listening, I think that's a really important skill to have because um, it really did blow my mind. I don't know if you had a similar experience when in film school, someone we were reviewing each other's work and somebody said, yeah, it doesn't work for me. I don't like it. And 
I think it was Sal Petrosino to his yeah. infinite credit who jumped down that person's thought and said, yeah, why? Yeah, sure. Why don't you like it? Because what you just said is fucking useless, you know? Sure. And when you're analyzing something, I think it's fair as a viewer to walk out of a theater and say, I don't like it. I don't really. Sometimes you don't have to analyze it further. But yeah, certainly in film school or if you're doing a podcast where you were talking about movies, that is a useful skill to have. I, I have a, a I have a theory. It goes beyond that. I think I think that that kind of critical analysis of your own emotions is like a really of your own feelings about things is just a useful skill in general. Oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah, I think it for me, I think that the that film school taught me that. Mm. Yeah, it's good to bring to people. If you don't like someone on first meeting, maybe you were in a bad mood. Maybe there's a reason for it. Yeah, you should know why. that person's not all bad. Yeah, you should know why. I I always think, too, that it works the other way um, for me, which is like this is at the soul of media criticism. I think I actually saw a TikTok about this, which basically sums up to if you hear somebody say something, particularly a person who's a public persona Mm -hmm. that immediately feels true to you Mm -hmm. and immediately reinforces things that you already thought were true. Try to have the ability to get distant from that and say, hmm, wait a minute. Right. You know, like analyze Is those this thoughts. this person's opinion? Are they using facts? Are they backing it up with research? Am I full of shit? Right. Should I not feel this way? Because like this is a thing that grifters are glomming onto now. Yeah. I don't know. Like maybe it's a truism or something and you haven't really done the work of analyzing your position. This has pulled me off of all most mainstream news yeah. because that is how they make get their ratings. Yeah, they sure. want their audience to feel that they are reinforcing their beliefs and that's how they get viewers every night because it feels really good to watch something that's like yeah Yeah. yes yes you want to be part of a club you (laughs) want to be invited into a club um i saw uh you know i'm kind of a cusper i guess i'm on that edge between gen x and Millennial. uh, millennial i'm having a landmark birthday this in the next month or two month that uh month two months that we shall not speak the number of but um, uh, the the uh, I saw like a breakdown about like generational differences between millennials and um, Gen X, and like it was funny because like I usually dismiss all that shit, but I was like, ooh, that does actually mirror a lot about my upbringing. And it was like as a Gen Xer, um, you were taught to not really give a shit about what other people think about you, and to define yourself and find your own, like kind of be on your own mm. to like emotionally to find your own sense of fulfillment to define yourself to not worry about what you know what that meant for acceptance and to just let go of the idea of acceptance in general and then millennials yeah. i don't know if you remember this but like i do in particular like there was this whole idea of tribalism and i remember like numerous ad campaigns that were designed to appeal to millennials when we were leaving college that were all about Finding your tribe and well, identifying all with the tribe. of our, our our big sitcoms are all tribal sitcoms. Friends, How I Met Your Mother, like oh, these yeah. are all groups of people that are inseparable. Yeah, that do everything together. That's a, I never like, thought about absolutely. that. Absolutely. And I always was like, gro- like physically repulsed by that instinct. See, and I it makes my stomach turn. Like, the- no, I don't want to be in your club. Your club makes me <laughs> sick. Which is you want to join my club? You could join my club and 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 validate my ego, but I'm not joining your fucking club. Not on your life. It's so funny because I so I have a group of high school friends and we've been together since high school, and I'm not far off from that landmark birthday that you're talking about. Yeah, a little further. A little further, but not enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, savor. I am. I am as I as 
as I barrel into parenthood as a it's late fine. 30s. It's fine. It's good. Everything's good. But yeah, we've been together. I mean, at one point, most of us ended up in New York City. Um, well, 100% of the people in this room. Oh, you're talking about your friend. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about my high school friends. I thought you just meant generally. <laughs> no. Sorry. And I think that, I, I don't know if because that was like a bill of goods that was sold to us, but we, I, oh. every single, as we were leaving high school, we had lots of teachers warn us about, you're not going to stay friends like this forever. You're going to separate, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I don't know if we were just being stubborn, but like, it was also the very beginning of AIM and the beginning of texting. So oh, staying in Jeez. touch. And Facebook, staying in touch was a totally different prospect. That was much easier. You're in class. You're talking. Yeah, you're, yeah. you know, and not to say that I didn't make great friends at college and I didn't continue making relationships throughout my life, but like those people are still my family. See, I think you wanted that though, and this is a generational. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't need that shit. Yeah, I don't know if I consciously <laughs> wanted it at the time that it happened, but like it it has affected everything in my life. I was basically an outcast socially i was a social pariah my entire time growing up and uh rather than like finding a club to get into i just like well fine <laughs> i'll just i'll just get over it fine then fuck you <laughs> sure <laughs> and i was an asshole i deserved it no 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 bones about it i was not a pleasant person i'm probably still not a pleasant person <laughs> I think you're a pleasant person. I work with you probably more than anybody outside of your family. That's true. So. Sometimes, you know, I just wanted to pause and think about this a little bit. You know, like um, women who say, like, I don't really get along with other women. I don't really get along with other yes. girls. And how that's like a red flag. Yes. Am I a guy who doesn't get along with other guys? And is that <laughs> like- You have guy friends. I do. I have a few. Yeah. But I am surrounded you by women. You are surrounded by women. Exclusively. <laughs> you are. You really, really are. Yeah. But that's not, I mean, that's circumstance a lot besides. Sure. Well, I happen to increase the women in my life <laughs> yeah. biologically by a couple hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that that's, that is circumstance. I suppose but we should call them girls. <laughs> Toddlers. Yeah, those are, those are girls for sure. Children. Well, it's interesting that you immediately go to generational divide because I think that's, I mean, that is the whole crux of this movie. And I don't think it sells it. You don't? I don't. Don't. And let's it, get okay. into it. Yeah, let's get let's into that. Let's get into everything, everywhere, yeah. all at once. I mean, this one, I don't really feel long. the need to go through it <laughs> chronologically. Well, neither did the movie. Yeah, exactly. That's, well, that's what, not true, though. The movie's very chronological. Yeah, but I think you can sort of break down the... There's a couple of things that are happening throughout the movie as far as the tax audit. Tax audit, divorce. Divorce and the daughter has her girlfriend in town and Very trying to relate plot with family. Line. I don't think so. She's a non-character. The girlfriend. The daughter. No. Non-character. She's the second most important. She's character a complete non-character in the film. Okay, I very much disagree with you. That we'll was get my, to my it. main objection. She is the film. She's like, not. The everything that's happening in the film is the character. No. Okay, I disagree with you, but we'll get to it. Okay. Uh. I think that, oh, and then dad's in town. He- Gong Gong. I love Gong yes, Gong. I, first of, I don't know actor, anything about Chinese pet names, but I I just love calling grandpa be your Gong grandpa, Gong. That's going to be your I grandpa Gong name Gong. No, I can't take that. That'd be <laughs> fucked up. He's like, I'm Gong Gong. The actor is 93 years old. James Hong is in 
everything. He, so I was looking. I didn't. I couldn't it's even. It's Hong, right? Not Wong. Yeah, uh, James Hong. Yeah. Yeah. I like Big Trouble in Little China, Blade Runner. But like then I was like, I can't. I can't write down everything. It's like five movies a year for the past. Yep. Like. All of them. 40 or 50 All of the years. years. <laughs> I was, it was such a joy when he showed up as Gonga. I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. What'd they do with his hair? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It calms down as the movie goes yes, on. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Cyber Gong Yeah, that's maybe right. When he's, he's waking up. That's he's why made of old computer parts. <laughs> oh, at the end. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And so I think that's pretty much the things that are happening. And then there's a thousand other things that happen around that as you split into universes and different people take over but most of the storyline is about like the threads the other threads the other paths that could be taken things your life, life could have been things your life could have been and if i had to sum it up that awareness if you lean too far into it will make where your life is meaningless absolutely yes it's not it's a movie about ultimately rejecting nihilism or even better than rejecting nihilism defending yourself yeah. against nihilism because you can't reject it it's a fact like their life is meaningless yeah i think there i saw a quote on npr that i thought summed it up really well it said like it's it's about making peace with the life you've lived and the ones you haven't yeah do you are you a person who often thinks about where else i could be yeah you know no. if i if i stayed so yeah i i figured that about you as i 100 well. cannot you relate. never do eh, not really yeah I don't live with regrets, but also my life is a dream. Not in terms of regrets, though. <laughs> it doesn't have to be regrets. Like, so I keep coming across this on on uh, Twitter, probably because I pause and look at it because I think about it where it's like, take the one pill and you get $10 million or take this pill and you go back to being six years old with all the knowledge that you have. Which one would you choose? Um, which would I choose? $10 million now or becoming six again? With all of the knowledge that you have. Will I meet my wife again? So this. That's my first thought. That's my first thought as well. And yeah. that's exactly. That's this line of thinking, right? Yeah, my wife and I could do a lot with 10 million bucks. That's I, I'm just going to take the $10 million because I Probably. like where my life is at. And there's too many things. Yeah. I There's no way that Rachel and I end up together because yeah. I would know I would try too hard. I would right. go find her too early. Yep. I would do all of those things. And also I have so. kids. And, you know, genetically, they're kids, not coming out the same. They are certainly not. You're not going to get those same people. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a that's a that's a question for 19 year olds. So it doesn't it doesn't have to be. But I want, do I want those years? Yeah. Just pack them on to the end. Oh, sure. OK, so the I years. I want the time. See, and I'm. Give it to me. I, I would want never want to go back to being six for a lot of reasons. No, but six was not a great. I mean, well, six, well, just having to redo teenage years. I just don't. No, no, thank you. I, I was not an easy child yeah. if it was <laughs> or a happy one <laughs> get 10 million dollars or you can choose how far you go back then i might be more inclined to do that you go back a year two years make some decisions i think you could probably be a lot richer than 10 million dollars with that knowledge that's one major theme of the movie is it coming to terms with the life that you've lived if you're someone like evelyn who is deeply disappointed and unhappy with the direction that her life has gone in it's so hard for me to just to put a button on that i sometimes do have like existential episodes mm -hmm. you know i had like a weird dream a couple nights ago and i woke up at five in the morning just like kind of panicked about my own mortality and shit mm -hmm. but like at some point in my come down on that one of the things that happens to me and this is because i've had 
one real solid brush with death and like a couple of others uh, that were a little less severe, I suppose. I have this weird, dangerous thought, uh, which is what if I didn't make it? Because my life with my wife and my kids and my job, I don't think I could believe in a more perfect arrangement. Mm -hmm. So I'm just living a fucking dream. And so I sometimes question like, maybe I'm dead. Maybe I didn't make it. Maybe <laughs> right now I'm lying on that, that field in Alabama and just like fading out. And this is just the imagined reality on Wouldn't my- Wouldn't that be somewhat comforting My though? blink out. Like if this is the afterlife, like well, that's kind of nice. Never ends. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But what if like There's I'm running after out of- afterlife? I'm lying on the dirt, running out of oxygen with a broken mm. neck and I'm just dreaming all of this, you know? I don't know. That freaks me out. What if it's all just pretend? If it is all just imaginary yeah. and I just imagined my wife and my kids, well, that would also kind of freak me out. I'm pretty sure I'm here. So that, yeah. that might help. But of course, that's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. so I have this disturbing trend towards uh, bleak existential solipsism. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I shake it off. I shake it off. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's to the degree to which I don't regret my life. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will agree with you. I do have trouble relating with her as well because I pretty I tend not to regret. I look blessed forward i feel very lucky about my life i'm not a person who wishes that it had gone another way no i'm pretty happy where where things end up so evelyn who is so deeply in regret because none of the things she wanted to be and that's what they're building she in to be like a karaoke he artist. says like one of the most biting things he says that i didn't hear anyone else talk about is like please 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 my wife, wife confuses her hobbies, hobbies for, for businesses business. yeah. and it's like Oh, <laughs> just as that woman to hear and hear that in that moment, it's just like, ouch. As cruel. a person who files taxes every year, I just thought it was a very bad business decision. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what is he saying? Yeah, don't fucked. say that. The well, minute you say that, you're fucked. <laughs> my God. Well, and that's her thing. Is like, how is my silly husband screwing this up? Is always what she's saying, and she's always trying to get back to. But yeah, okay. So we're getting into it. Let's do a couple of stats, I guess, because I think. We've talked about budget, which is interesting a lot. This is a very low budget movie compared to other things that we've done. Oh, really? What was 14, the 14 million. They made this on 14 million bucks? Yeah. Wow. It grossed 77 domestically and 140 worldwide. So, so everybody's working huge, on scale. Huge success. Because you don't get these actors at 14 million. Well, I know Michelle Yeoh. Yo, Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh is someone who's had a lot of opportunities and does a lot of her own stunt work. Well, she wasn't, but she wants to do this She hasn't movie. gotten a big Hollywood yeah. movie uh, and something with like this much depth where she is the right. star. No, the only people who are really going to demand paychecks to be in this potentially are James Hong and um, why can't I think of her name right now? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Everybody else is kind of going to be happy to be there. Which I wonder about Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm sure she was happy to be there yeah, too. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you you get some breaks on the actors in this one, especially if they love the script. And I think James Hong probably did it. I think they all yeah. did it for scale. I'm well, just guessing. And then you get you get uh, Ki Ki. I think it's Ki Hui Ki Hui. That's how you say it. Ki Hui Ki Hui Ki Hui Kwan. Ki Hui Kwan. <laughs> you do it. Once. I'm just gonna do it under my. I don't know. 
So Ki-hi- I don't fuck it up too Ki-hui bad. Kwan. They call him Kiquan, which is easier. Apparently. Oh, Kiquan. Yeah. Uh, Why would you do it the hard way? <laughs> well, because that is his full name. I listened right. to an interview where they use his name all the time. But when the Daniels talk about him, they just call him Kiquan. I just say, like, you know, there's a lot of Spanish actors out there who probably have 40 names that yeah. you don't go oh, through. Oh, certainly. <laughs> but I mean, like, he's everyone's favorite actor from like movies of their childhood and I, it does strike me that really don't only, know his name to my to, uh, to my knowledge really only two movies though well yeah goonies and temple of doom but they're huge they did like, them the same year and that was it as he's far as I know. one of the most recognizable people to be in two movies yeah so, i agree with that that's true his his profile scope from being in two movies is is crazy. Well, and I wonder when they cast him if they knew that that was going to be a selling point of this movie or not. His sort of comeback moment, because for him, he was just like, no one wanted to work with me for thirty years. I he can relate to this movie and that he wishes life had gone in another direction. Yeah, and that he got this chance, and then it looked like before the movie came out, like it was just a fluke and that it wasn't going to happen again. Like he lost his health insurance. He's talked about that a lot after doing this movie. And now it seems like he's getting consistent work. Oh, he's an Oscar winner now. So is he getting more work? So they're, they're doing a TV show with a lot of people in the same cast. Okay. The Daniels are directing. I don't think they're direct. Well, let me, I don't, I've seen ads for it, Yeah. but I have not looked into it. Okay. So I don't. I don't know anything about it either. Uh, It's called American Born Chinese. Oh. And it's. I thought it was a movie, but it's a TV show. Not sure where it is, but it's a lot of the same cast is in it. Well, fourteen million bucks for this movie. Now I understand why there's fairly limited number of locations. There's more than it looks like because you probably in your brain you're like, oh well, there is, you know, the van the irs office which is actually several locations really um and then but like hallways and things like that you know you can build that on one sound stage yeah that's true that's what that's they absolutely did. Yeah. True, yeah and then you've got the apartment, apartment the laundromat. laundromat but then there's a whole bunch of other locations in the alternate realities you know but a lot of those are green screens a lot of them yeah i wonder if yeah because the biggest one is uh the the movie star the martial arts movie star right and i think uh, that was a reference to um one car wise film style right yeah it was uh in the mood for love right which i never saw but i've seen frames of so i know what yeah. it looks like so i guess kihuan worked as his assistant director for for years oh like he's he an hired AD? him yeah oh. so i didn't know that until this morning but i think that's an interesting tidbit for those of you who are not in the biz an ad is not a director's assistant it's a completely other job yeah uh an assistant director is there to really kind of be the director's boss. Yeah. Make sure the director's on time. <laughs> I think for a time where he thought no one's going to hire me as an actor again, but I want to be close to movies. He went and he worked for, for one car. I mean, AD is a great gig. Yeah. You have a huge retirement package. It's well, and I mean, he's got to be getting residuals off of movies that he's done. I hope so, but you don't know. What yeah. Kind of deals yeah. It's true. Then. Especially with a child. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's exploit these kids. I mean, and he, his story is crazy. Like he immigrated, his family was separated for years. They oh, lived in like a that. three bedroom house with eleven people. That's and a lot of people in the three bedroom. He got this part uh, in uh, Temple of Doom. Obviously, changed his life. He bought a house for his family. Like as a twelve year old, he was the one who was making the money. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, their immigration story is pretty wild, but we'll go into it here. No, I mean, it's not germane to the film. No. We're talking about the film. That's right. Let's talk about the movie. So, 
here's I guess I'm just going to set this up by laying out what I saw in this movie. These were my big takeaways. Okay. Okay. Um, and my, I got to pee. I'm going to have to pee. So okay. why don't you just go? You know, I don't want to comment on something right now too. They say that in this movie, they say, oh, I got to go pee first. I contend that nobody I know in public said, I got to pee instead of, I got to go to the bathroom before. Before Scott Pilgrim came out, <laughs> I think that that movie's biggest contribution to society is to introduce the idea that you would specify and say out loud, pee. Gotta pee. How embarrassing to talk about <laughs> actual pee, you know? Um, yeah, I think that that's that movie's deal. Uh, it, it's it, as a as a fella, as a younger fella at the time, it would have been a very um, maybe women. But like as a guy, like that's an emasculating thing to say. To say you have to pee? To, to talk about pee-pee? To go pee-pee? I gotta go pee-pee. Like a you guy's just not want, gonna say that. You just want everyone to think when you go to the bathroom, you're about to take a shit. No, you just don't want anybody <laughs> to know your business. You might say, I gotta go take a leak. You yeah, know? take a leak, take a whiz, I gotta piss. Gotta have a, I gotta piss, take a piss. Yeah, amongst guys. If there's yeah, a lady yeah, around, yeah. you wouldn't say that, probably. But yeah, it's like a very... Uh, and I don't want to get all like, you know... We have a low T world on us. I don't think that's the case at all. I just think that it wouldn't have entered our our consciousness to say that. And uh, now it's the way we talk. And I think that's, I think that we got to thank Scott Pilgrim movie for making it okay to, uh, to say that that way. Mm -hmm. Thanks Scott Pilgrim. You're a great contribution (laughs) to society. Well, why don't you go take care of that? I will. Okay. Right after this. So you had something else you wanted yeah, to yeah, discuss yeah. I, regarding I, pee. I, I'm back now. I don't think I had heard a man in my life say that they had to go pee before Scott Pilgrim. Further, I think that there's a couple of other phrases that have crept into our lexicon that are exclusively coming from, I can pinpoint the movie that introduced them. Okay. And I don't think a lot of people realize this. Shits and giggles. Mm. That was That was not a phrase until, until. Austin Powers wasn't i promise you i there's actually websites you can google can you can check this yeah i'd be surprised to hear that i feel like i've always heard shits and giggles but maybe maybe i was just young enough that i didn't register why it suddenly showed up didn't i don't think that was a phrase before awesome powers and shenanigans nobody talked about shenanigans until um uh south park did an episode about shenanigans although i think the use of shenanigans has declined since then sure I, yeah very old people might occasionally throw around shenanigans yeah shenanigan yeah but that's about it okay. Th- that really entered the lexicon for a while there yeah um yeah I, I think that that happens i think a lot of times like uh phrases creep in from innocuous oh places. certainly certainly well we were talking about another episode we were sort of talking about who was it that had a line the goon maybe it was goonies that had like lines that entered in jerk alert to regular language and we were talking about how it's been a while since something like that's really hit i can't think of it right now yeah you're right we (laughs) did say that we did and we came up with one or two but yeah moving on yeah i don't know what it was 
All right, back to everything everywhere all at once. This is what I saw okay. in that movie. I saw a lady who regrets her choices and life is not happy with her situation. The, the husband who wants to get a divorce, but he doesn't want to get divorced. He just thinks it's a good way to have a conversation he's about just, their marriage. He's trying to find any way to get her to pay attention to him. Yes. And he thinks that this is the thing that's going to do it. But like the crux of that is this is. You know, I'm just going to sum up my big takeaways from the movie. Takeaway one, if you don't want to be the person you are and if you want to become a different person, do something the person that you are would never do. Mm-hmm. Right. That's step one, because in order to jump, they have to like do something, do something wild. They have to do what the Unexpected. other person would do. Sometimes. Isn't that it? Don't no, they? Because they, like, they, they don't just pick. They plot it. They have that computer guy who's like, it, oh, this it, is what you need to do to get over there. I'll have to think about this again, but I don't think it ties necessarily to the other person. That may not like, be. There's paper cuts. There's things that are just it's just out of yeah, it's like eating, a probability eating chapstick. Yeah, it's just. This is the quickest way. And I don't know. They don't really explain how that information becomes. Well, I mean, there's a butterfly wings thing. Yeah. It was kind of like, this is the thing that probabilistically might have led you to that other life path or something. And when you become really good at it, like she does, uh, eventually you can just sort of pull those out of thin air. She was doing it random. Right. She wasn't knowing what she was going to get. She just knew it wasn't who she was. Right. And. I guess the point was that since you're the shittiest person who ever lived, which is what he tells you're, her. You're the least talented. You're good at anything. Everything adjacent to you is better than who you are. Right. So, so you anything you anything. grab onto is going to be an improvement. And you're like a blank slate. So yeah. it's like you can just easily access these other things. She's the bottom of the Evelyn. Yeah. <laughs> Evelyn's <laughs> bottom. Um, I thought that was funny. And then the other big takeaway was... Um, just because your life could have been that just because ultimately everything is meaningless doesn't mean you have to have, you have to avoid embracing um you know existential nihilism or bleak nihilism yeah those are really my two big takeaways that you and, got none of like the generational love or trauma oh i i saw that yeah but i didn't really think that that was that wasn't like part of the idea ideas of the movie that's think, just the so for me that's core. the whole central idea of the movie why do you need that reinforced why do you need a movie to talk to you about that i don't about generational trauma yeah don't you have your own ideas about that you need someone else's i have my own ideas about some almost every movie yeah it doesn't mean that other perspectives aren't interesting no they aren't they're not <laughs> i don't know i didn't need to hear somebody else's thoughts on <laughs> Okay. The generational divide or generational trauma. I was just kind of like. A, it was a way of showing the generational divide and trauma. Like uh, the movie is made in. So the bigger the bigger thing for me is like the feeling of generalized chaos that I think that people are living through now. You have access to the Internet. You have access to everything at your fingertips all of the time, all at once. Yeah. Right. And so. It's hard sometimes to zero in on what you want right now can feel very overwhelming. And for someone who is like ADD, it is like one second I want this and then the next second. And if you're scrolling the Internet, you're getting fed, you know, 
to use the movie as an example, like ratatouille memes, like this meme, that meme, everything is just hitting you. Do I want to go on vacation with my friends? Ah, should I, should I go up to the house for the weekend? Should I call my mom? And it's, it's every second ah. you feel like you need to be communicating or doing something. Yeah. I don't have options. You do though. Like when we're episode planning, what what part what do we hit what do we talk about are we making a drinking show are we making a show that is comedy that includes drinking are we you know and and i think especially when it came to like trump and entering the picture in this sort of new political era now you've got like realities actually splitting and the internet is creating this divide where you can live completely separately from another version within the same family you can sure and that's just in the united states and we have access to the world and it just feels like overwhelming i saw a little of that in there i think that what i got from evelyn continually being like lost in her other personalities mm-hmm. was that to the extent that i saw a commentary on that here what i saw was like oh we live in this information age that has kind of given everybody acquired attention deficit disorder yeah which if you spend any time on tiktok i kind of want to like grab some of these kids and shake them like no actually you just live in the modern era that's how it is for everybody but like (laughs) but like it's stressful and it's it's hard it's like it's hard to focus on anything it's hard to make a decision about what you want to be or what you want to do and then when you make that decision you have something like ai come in and everyone's telling you well that job's not going to exist when you're out of college that's the problem you're all trying to make decisions people try to make decisions Uh, you gotta grow the fuck up you can't make decisions you can't you just gotta fucking ride the wave man life's taking you where you want it so that is what this movie ends up being about right i got no patience for explaining that to people figure that shit out that's what the movie was saying i'm bored (laughs) i have nothing wow oh man that sucks I didn't I don't realize think that sucks at all. I think it's a very human thing that people deal with every day. Oh, I hate this movie more the more you talk about it. And seeing <laughs> like the depiction of that on screen and feeling that chaos. I love it. I think like oh. and then you've got the mom who is Gen Xer, not a boomer, but like no, didn't no. grow up with this sort of influx of everything all of the time, having such a hard time relating to her daughter who's completely different. So that's my problem. My main objection in this movie, honestly, other than whatever you just said. (laughs) Can't relate to people, so it's boring. Well, I just don't have any interest. I could. I can. I think the human condition is very interesting. I think the way that people's brains work differently, how we have trouble processing what's happening in front of us is from like a neurological perspective or a psychological worth talking about. You mean like from a, like I find neurology to be very interesting. But like what? Yeah, sure. But how, you don't think that all of this stuff is affecting your neurology? I do. Um, and I think that you see that in an fMRI. Sure. I mean, like, I'm not interested. Self-reported symptoms from a neurological perspective, from a psychological perspective, what you say is happening in your brain. Like, that's great. That's I'm glad yeah. you feel that way. I don't have any time for that. People are different. People, People process different. things differently. People, People things feel different. things sure. differently. Go feel them. Art is the interpretation of all of that. Yeah, I think people think. Otherwise, it would all be the same. No. Yes. Well, interpretation implies intent. Okay. 
I don't think it's that. I think somebody's just expressing themselves. They're not interpreting sure. some broader concept. Sometimes. Sometimes yeah, maybe. you're expressing yourself. Sometimes you're expressing what you see in the world around you. Yeah. I think that. I'm not really big on walking around in art galleries, though. Like, occasionally okay. stuff will connect with me. But for the most part. it's <laughs> fair. I just think all I see really is, like, there's a person who was really well connected in the fine art world to get their stuff up here. And I think that's probably <laughs> a lot of times that is true, unfortunately. You walk around at the. Uh, the art that we've lost. What's is, that one? The, the spiral one? The, the Guggenheim. Uh, the Guggenheim. It's just Nepo babies on the wall. <laughs> That's all it fucking is. It's just like, ah, uh, you didn't have to get a Which real job. I guess nice in a you. way, yeah, I guess this movie is kind of like an art gallery. You've got vignettes of all of these different things that are going on. You've got the hot dog fingers. You've got the, the ratatouille, the raccoonatouille. Rac- uh, I did think, all right, I want to, I don't want to shit all over this movie. Yeah. I thought a lot of it was very fun. Yeah. I had a lot of fun throughout a lot of this movie. I laughed a lot. And then I waited a lot. Like I kept waiting for things to progress and happen. And I thought that there was a lot of that. But I want to get back. My main issue with this movie is that at some point we get introduced to this idea of Jobo Tabaki, mm-hmm. which I love the name. Mm-hmm. Jobo Tabaki. I don't know why I love it. It's great. It's yeah. fantastic. I don't know where it comes from. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. I, I bet you there's something behind it, but I, I don't know. I should have looked that up. I don't know, I know how it relates it. to the character. But fine, Jobo Tabaki. Jobo Tabaki. Yeah, Jobo Tabaki. Um, and I, uh, and what's at the heart of this movie, other than Evelyn's problem, is that her daughter is succumbing to this nihilism. Has succumbed to this nihilism. Right. Well, no, because at the end, she is planning to enter the Big Bagel, but she hasn't yet. And she's trying to pull right. Evelyn into it. But she hasn't entered the Big Bagel yet. Well, she... The one hope that she was holding out is that if if an Evelyn could get to the point where she was experiencing the same thing that Joy was experiencing, she would see something different in it and there would be some hope. But she doesn't. And so her conclusion is, I mean, like I'm going into the donut. I'm going into the donut. And now she doesn't have to do it alone. Now I've got two problems. with it. One, I don't feel like this movie I wanted it. I, I, don't you think it should have set up more of Joy's character before we get Jobo Tabaki, the existential nightmare so Joy who's is plane hopping? Joy is a very easy character for me to relate to. So maybe I feel there's a lot more there than you felt there was. I mean, she just seems so minor. And like, I don't feel like we really got into any of... She's exhausted. Like, she's been trying to relate to her mother for years. All her mother can say to her is... You, oh, you look, you look fat. You need to lose weight. Sure. You, I do think also for like, for Chinese women I've talked to who love this movie, sure. they just, they don't need more. The, that's enough. The right. sort of look of disappointment. The, the first thing her mother says to her is ah, now I have to make more rice. I wasn't expecting four people. And that sets off the idea that, that reinforce, that certainly reinforces a, standard mother-daughter dynamic yeah right like that to me is like yeah i get that but that is enough to reinforce the idea that i'm going through an epic universe destroying existential crisis that nobody else could possibly experience yeah i have been searching every single reality to find somebody else who is experiencing the same level of um 
probabilistic nihilism, whatever we want to call it. And I haven't yet. I'm a uniquely nightmarish person that sets that up for you. Not to me that sets up. I am a person. I'm a normal fucking person with normal fucking. Well, problems. I don't expect any of these characters that we fir- first meet aren't there yet. They have been, none of this is actually happening. Being right? interacted like, with yet. I think that there's a very strong yeah. argument here that none of these alternate realities well, even exist. Possibly, but they're the blank slate. They're the ones who've kind of been floating around unaffected because they're so unremarkable that no one's gone looking for them yet. Right. So. that's why she's the only chance to like bring this back from the brink evelyn yeah well and joy i guess in this in this as well there's two versions of this movie right yeah and and this is one of the things that bothers me about it too maybe there's multiple realities maybe this is happening maybe there's a big infinite black bagel or maybe this is her daydreaming while she's getting audited and thinking about all of these these things right maybe but you could say that about a lot of movies well you could but this movie really leaves it there without being very conclusive about that Um, oh i think i i did not feel like these other universes weren't happening i did yeah i didn't feel that way i did i mean i think that the heart of this movie if you want to get to its emotional heart is about like you were saying generational trauma about a mom reconciling with her daughter yeah right that is her daughter whom isn't a puppet for Jobo Tabaki, this exist, you know, this this universe sorcerer who's trying to destroy everything. Right. But the way she becomes Jobo Tabaki is that in the Alpha universe, the mother pushes her too far. Yeah. The mother pressures her, sees her potential. Yeah. And breaks her. And you think that that actually happened in another universe. It's not just actually happening in this universe. And we've put this story on top of it. I don't know if that matters to me. I think it happened in another well, universe to create the characters coming to this universe. I think it does because Joy does not reinforce the concept of Jobo Tabaki to me. She's not fucked up enough to be Jobo Tabaki. She's just a normal fucking person. But that's kind of the point, though. Like she can be pushed like it doesn't you don't have to be special to be pushed to a brink. So that to me is the other problem with this movie, which is, yeah, duh. Everybody is dealing with this. Shut the fuck up. Who cares about your specific problems? I don't really feel that. But that's it's the family's problems like that is you're watching the family deal with their problems. You cannot be interested in another family's problems. That's fine. But like, I think they relate to a lot of other people's problems that they have with their family as well. The movie feels see yourself in these characters as they solve their problems and Ah. you feel the generational pain because maybe you have similar pressures from your parents. You know, I can't relate to similar. (laughs) Yeah. Similar fights, similar disappointments when you bring home your girlfriend. Like these are relatable things that can feel bigger than life and then when you've got the world fracturing in all these different directions and you can't just focus on healing that it feels like chaos and the whole even before you get into the alternate universes this movie is pure chaos it's just evelyn running around with her head cut off and then you bring in in my in my interpretation the internet everything else on top of just what you're trying to solve with your family yeah 
And how do you ever focus? And people don't. People don't talk to each other. People don't talk about what made them angry, what made them upset. And so these problems fester and never get solved. (laughs) And so when you pile everything else on top of that, it feels like like to like the big bad guy like it just feels like fuck it all forget it and nothing matters so i guess one of the things that i'm now realizing this that kind of i emotionally instinctually reject about this movie is that and this is what i was trying to say before but everybody is this is not special right Right. like these problems are fucking normal yeah everybody is dealing with them right and none of us are destroying the cosmos over it none none of us are like (laughs) like like, that's my saying is that like i kind of you need something to i needed the movie to tell these characters to shut the fuck up and get over it not to gratify that that giant emotional moment but like once you get to the rocks like that is that moment Shut the fuck up and get over it. Just be a rock. I guess. I don't know. But then the movie keeps going. Why isn't that the ending then? Well, because the mom and daughter have to actually like the daughter is at that point. And I haven't seen a lot of people talk about this either, but she's like fully into suicidal ideation. Yeah. So I think. Which we don't have set up at all. I mean, up until. I don't know. very despondent. Up until Jojo Jabaki Tabaki gets introduced. We see this character have the very standard gripe about the party and the way that mom is going to introduce her girlfriend to her grandfather. That's she gets it. in the car and leaves. She isn't going to handle it. She can't do it. That's normal shit. That's what people do. Yeah, but like... I don't see... That can push people to... like she's Her whole life, she's exhausted about this. She is ready to be done with it. She is at that precipice. Uh, she's... I don't know. <laughs> Well, that is, you know, that is your instinct is to say, like, get over it. I think that a lot of people sack up a little bit here. Right. Like, (laughs) sure. That's a way to handle things. But like, there's also like, I would argue that that's how people get there. That's how I don't people end up in that place. So I got to tell you, uh, from dealing with some mental health stuff and from being surrounded by some people with some mental health issues, I, I don't think suicidal ideation is a thing that happens because you're sad or because your life is disappointing. I think it happens because you have the mental disorder of suicide. Sure. That's going to hit you. Surprise. Like without necessarily any warning at all. So if you have that and you have all these other things piling on, like for whatever reason. But I think that this movie does take a different approach to that, which is that like bad things and sad things make you do that. Well, they're they're individuals. For her, it does. In this moment. It makes her want to be done with it. Like also, I don't know if I agree with your suicidal ideation point on this, by the way. I'm just not realizing you don't think that going into the bagel so it can all finally end sounds like like so it can be done. So she says, I think, so I can be like dead, so I can be gone. So it can all be quiet. I didn't hear that. And I I maybe I missed it, but I didn't think that the bagel was literally death. Yeah. I mean, there's a point where she Mom says that. Says, okay, I'll let you go. Yeah, at the very end. Would you let a kid go to the bagel if the bagel is death? So it's, it's interesting. A, it's kind I of think an unforgivable she line, does <laughs> sort of grab she grabs her around the waist. I think she isn't. I'd have to watch that scene again because that is a really interesting point. But I do 
like she very directly when they're in the big white hall and like i'll go look at that scene again but like that was one thing i was watching out for this time how direct is that i thought that the thing that the bagel was embracing was the idea of like emotionlessly detachedly skating through life because none of it matters it's all pointless and you have no idea what's going to be good for you or bad for you. And so just gets, finding a way to turn it all off. Just literally like autonomous. But then you're going through it. life as what? Well, that's what Jojo Tabaki is. She just goes around chaotically destroying and killing everything. But then if she's already there, why does she have to enter the bagel? She's not all the way there. I don't know. I, yeah. I agree. That's like, I think that's a conundrum. I don't think that that's fully explored maybe. Yeah. Or maybe she's like, well, she's not all the way there. Because she was holding out for hope She's, that her mom right. could actually like relate to her or something. Or had a different interpretation after having the same skill set. Yeah. After having everything. Yeah. In everything her everywhere once. all at once. Yeah. She would she would look at it differently and be able to tell her. And I kind of love that mom doesn't. It's not about it's not about fixing a problem. It's about accepting a problem, I think. Like it's not about, no, no, you're looking at this the wrong way. I can fix this for you. Like, in a way, it's not about therapy. It's about, like, this is life. And get over it. Essentially, yes. Yeah. But and even at the end, like, mom is not some new person at the end. She looks in the car window at the girlfriend and says, we need to grow out your hair. They're not saying that mom has had this huge change and so everything no. is okay. They've accepted each other, so everything is okay. Sure. So they got over it. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. It took a fun visual storytelling journey to get there. It's so long. Did it take two and a half hours? I love it. See, so for me, there's like, there's so, I, I do, th- I do think that they created so a lot of babies fighting. that maybe they couldn't kill. Like, do you need the whole end scene? Well, I guess. But plug fighting. Do we need that? <laughs> Oh, so we watched this in a movie theater in North Carolina, and that's when the boomers got up and walked out. And that's my (laughs) argument for leaving it in. I mean, why not? Like, it's ridiculous. It's It's fun. I was you're laughing at that point. Oh, but it doesn't do anything to move the story. I'm just bored. Yeah, like I'm I think it's to me, I'm halfway through the movie. I mean, like I wasn't high when I watched this. I was halfway through the movie and I was like, okay, you've made your point. And then we pause and be like, oh, my this is out of drink. Said the same thing. We're like, just another fucking hour of this shit to get through yeah holy fuck i guess like the first time i was watching it i was just like a ride and i was happy to keep going on it because it was fun like i didn't need more said necessarily like i guess it was visual chaos i like that sort of thing musicals are kind of that sort of thing a lot of the time musicals have something that can be said in five minutes generally and you spread it across Whoa! Across music and candy and all of the things, right? Sometimes I guess everything it's can not be said always in five true. Minutes. I mean, I felt like there was long gaps. Like anything can be said in five minutes. Right. I felt like there was long gaps in this movie where nothing was being. Yeah, said. you're just doing fight sequences to do fight sequences. I can't stand that. I have no I investment. I don't mind it because it was so absurd and ridiculous. I was just enjoying watching. I'm not really it. impressed. It was like kung fu movies. Yeah, but I'm not into that. Yeah, okay, that's but that's fine. I'm not impressed by cool fight scenes. I think that I am. I definitely am. I think they're fun. I think that's this actress is known for. I know. Like that is her whole thing. I know. 
like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and yep. like those types of movies like that. The people that were going to see her and to see these directors were going to see an absurd Kung Fu movie. Kung Fu movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I knew there were Kung Fu sequences in it. I did not realize it was a Kung Fu movie. Yeah. I didn't know that at all going into it. I thought it was going to be a little bit more like. Like peppered um, in. I thought it was going to be more like um, being John Malkovich or something. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect at all. The people sitting in the theater behind me and we were at an Alamo draft house before it was starting that tends to like play interviews with the actors and their reels to sort of set the scene. And so she was talking to Jackie Chan and they were talking about a movie that they did. And she was going through all of her uh stunts and like the time she almost died and all of these things and the people behind me were talking about how excited they were for that so that's when i kind of got in my head like what i was in for yeah but those movies they shot that stuff and it is much more like if you watch the road warrior or the first mad max movie like it plays out in a frame sure and it's insane and like that is jaw-dropping here it plays out in a lot of the times it does yeah, yeah in modern movies it does in general yeah, right. like they don't really like they don't do the shit anymore so a lot of it they do like i was listening to an interview with ki wong today and one of his big things was that like whole with the with the fanny pack how he like twists it behind him and does that and kicks it forward like he had to get that like he had to get that sure and so they were doing a lot of those but it's not a long it's not the way it's shot right it reminds me of um i never thought about this but a film teacher said we were talking about musicals and Mm. he pointed out in the chicago that had come out in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. right? That like they shot it wrong. They don't shoot it head to foot. You go watch any of the old great musicals and it's not living in the edit. It's mm-hmm. living in the theater where you can see the actor's head all the way down to their feet because they're doing an impressive thing and they're doing it all at mm-hmm. once. Now you've got to cut, 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 cut. I only need to learn two steps to do that Yeah, at a time, yeah. you know? And the voice, the music is done not, of course, it's never been done on set, really. But like, you know, we're going to do the singing in a booth and we're going to lip sync to it. And like, it might be entertaining, but it doesn't, you know, it's not going to sustain a movie because you're not looking at it and thinking, at least I'm not. Oh, my God, I can't believe what I'm seeing. With modern, I'm looking at it and thinking, oh, that's a cool use of After Effects. Yeah, with modern mu- <laughs> movie musicals, I tend to agree with you. It's like uh, when they they decided to shoot Hamilton and put it on um, Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my friend, I was watching it with another friend of mine who's a theater person yeah. and watching it with Rachel and me and my theater friend were furious because there's some amazing staging and choreography going on and they'd cut in. Yeah. And we're like, why? Why are you doing this? Just keep it wide. It's Just meant keep to be seen this way. Right. It's meant to be seen this way. And Rachel was like, well, no, they decided to release it this way. So it's a different media now. Well, that's. No offense, but like that's like saying like whatever choice they made is right and I'm not allowed to critique it. Perhaps. You know? Or it's just like people have seen it on stage and now they want to see it. I didn't Which, see it on For stage. me, it's like people wanted to see it at home. I saw but, it But so in home. that sense, I agree with you. Did you like on that. Hamilton? Yes. It pissed me off deep. I know it does. And I understand why. And I agree with you on why. I still love it. I think if somebody described it as Obama era liberalism and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I yeah. got you. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. 
anyway, so I and then it's at the end of the day, it's it's uh, Waymond, the husband's kindness. That is the final piece of the puzzle. Gotta be kind to each other. And we'll just understand. I thought that was very nice. He sees like these little beats with all of the cops that have or cops or fighters that exist in these other universes that have been called in. Yeah. And it's she uses what he does and he sees people and is able to communicate with them based on what they need. Yeah. And she's able to do that with each of them as she goes up the stairs and then ultimately with her daughter. Yeah. I just think that's kind of like if you don't keep the movie I could have going. had that an hour earlier. Yeah. I, I hear you on the butt plug scene. I hear you on the I don't absurdity. mind. I, I hear watch, you that it's messy. I'll, I get that it goes on too long. I, I don't will watch disagree some with graphic gay butt plug action. It doesn't bother <laughs> yeah. me. I was just like, this adds nothing to the movie at this point. You're and right. It doesn't. And there was a lot of scenes where I was like, Fast forward, like just tell me what's I, yes. happening here. This is fucking lame. I am not going to sit here and say this is a perfect movie that couldn't be edited down. I, you know, I, I do not disagree with you there. For me, I was enjoying it. I could have watched it for another half hour oh, because god. I was just having fun. Oh my god! Yeah, another half an hour. Well, this is where I think you and I differ. This is like one of our biggest split points, right? Yeah, yeah. Shorter um, is better. Yeah, and well, <laughs> a lot of the times I agree. Look. Had this movie been an hour and a half and completely succinct, I would probably be praising it for that right yes. now. Yes, I got things to do, but I don't. I don't <laughs> mind it being long. I right. was. It was fun for me. I was enjoying. I. I wouldn't want to lose the hot dog finger thing and the fact that I felt I wouldn't want to lose the rocks. Like all of these beats were chaotic and important. I would lose the fights. Yeah. I would minimize the fights. I would it's cut fifty percent of the fight time out. It's not fun. I thought it was. Fun. See, like I was just saying before, for me, I'm belaboring the point. Belaboring, belaboring the point. I just see technical stuff yeah. that can easily be not easily, but like we storyboard it, we figure it out, we know the moves. There it is. I kind of dismiss the whole thing. I'm just like, this yeah. is lame. Sorry. I was out at a bar with a friend once, and we just got wine because we were just having a drink. So we weren't getting a cocktail. They didn't make good cocktails anyway. Okay. And he has a little bit of a history as a sommelier <laughs> and was like, <laughs> not a close friend. Uh, my other friend came and joined us and he took a sip of this wine. And he said, you know, I really wish that I could like, enjoy this wine how you guys are because I've tasted so many wines. I can't enjoy this anymore. And that's wow. what I feel like. <laughs> Jesus. It's like, I see the technical. I can't just enjoy it anymore. I just, no, I'm just not impressed. I mean, I like when a fight scene is done well, but honestly, like, I don't, I don't know why I'm supposed to care that these actors are doing this thing with their body. It does not tell me anything about the character in my opinion. It doesn't advance the story. You know, like there's a fight scene that I really like, and it's not a really good movie. I think it's like Tombstone or something like that, where Kevin Costner is being kind of threatened by this other cowboy. Mm-hmm. And he just picks up a pool ball from a billiard table and like, it's like, all right, and then throws it at the dude's throat from across the room. That's a great fight scene. It tells sure. you a lot about the character. Yeah, Indiana Jones takes out his gun and shoots the guy. But even other than that, like they actually... I don't know. Like all I get from this is that, oh, these actors are flexible. Well, it's choreography. I think there are people who just love to watch fight. I'm telling them that they're assholes. 
people, but that's you can stop liking what you like. It's to bad enjoy, to like that. Who enjoy? Yeah, like it's not the movie for you then. No, that's it okay. wasn't. Yeah. yeah, but I had to watch it. I'm sorry. Yeah. So now you're gonna hear my fucking opinions about it. <laughs> I don't like pro wrestling either. You yeah, know? sure. I've never understood pro wrestling. Either. Monster truck rallies. Yeah. I don't want to like a lot of people right now are like, this is way better. It's not better than that. This is a monster truck rally and pro wrestling rolled into one. Yeah. It's what it is. And people are like, oh, you're insulting my thing. I know I'm insulting your thing. I know. It's called film. It's criticism. It's not called friendism. We're doing critique over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I had, to in, I had to channel my inner. Uh, yeah, sure. My, my inner. Um, I understand. Like I, you're you're valid in in feeling all of those things. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I wanted to hear. Is that I'm valid. <laughs> you, know, you don't need that. Like I guess I think we could keep talking about it. I think like it's fun to have disagreements about movies. It's well, fun to have different points of views. I do think that's how we end up with different movies and different media and different groups of people connecting over liking or disliking different things. I should talk about the things I really liked about this movie because so far I've only shit on it and I don't want it to shit on it. I don't think you've, yeah, I, I don't feel that you've just shit on, but go ahead. I've shit on the idea that this movie needed as much Kung Fu as it had. I'm fine with some Kung Fu. <laughs> I just think sure. there was a lot of Kung Fu here. Fair. That was way more than it needed to be. I do. Oh, I, so yeah, things I liked. Yeah. I really liked the performances. I thought the acting was great. Um, I did really like the whole kindness beat. I thought that was great. I liked a lot of the beats. I didn't really love the donut or the bagel because yeah. I felt like something that somebody said in a writer's room. Yeah. Like, what about an everything bagel? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. like, that just wouldn't let go. Uh-huh. But like, fine. You want to do a bagel? That's fine. Uh, my favorite beat was Big Nose, which, by the way, Jenny Slate, literally, fuck you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, for doing that to Jenny Slate? That's some fucking racist <laughs> shit. I mean, obviously, she agreed to it, and it's right. turnabout's fair play to the Chinese Americans in the film. Fine. <laughs> sure. But holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with the dog. That, that was what yeah. I loved. I yeah, love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Much like I really liked in Triangle of Sadness, the infinite shitting sure. scene. I did love the dog thing. And I'm for absurdity and just like gross ridiculousness. Yeah. I liked both of those. I wanted more dog fight. Yeah. I dog fight is I the only thing. I think if you pull out some of the stuff you're talking about, you have a much tighter movie. Yeah. But I think someone else who likes that stuff would argue, but then you're taking out all my fun fight choreography eye candy that I, I'm glad to see extended sequences of. So you win some service. audience, you lose some audience. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, but it does feel like fan service, which is like a thing that yeah, I generally I so. reject. We but go back to the thing when a thing tells you something that feels good and true, yeah. reject it. How do that's you, what I was saying before. If I like it, reject it. <laughs> How do you feel about Kill Bill? Do you feel that that's just I don't need uh, to ever see it service? again. Yeah, okay. I saw it once. See, and I, I, saw it twice, I can but... watch that movie any day. Uh, I think I it's like anything else. I think it's got yeah. great parts. But it's just like the the different things that he's doing through his fights like are just interesting to see. They're fun. They're playing with film techniques. I like, can barely see them. I enjoy it very much. They're so cut and moved and everything like that. I had a hard time. Oh, he slows down a lot. I don't think seeing it's as... the geograph- geometry of it. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if you rewatch it, if you would still feel that way. I cannot rewatch it. Yeah. It's way too long. <laughs> it's way too long. It's so long. I mean, I could look at clips from it or something. But we spent so much time with hot dog hands. Yeah. A lot of time. Yeah. I liked the idea. Yeah. But like, this is what I think the movie did for me a lot of times. It made a point and then it didn't respect me enough to hear it. 
And then it said it five more mm. times. Sure, sure, sure. Again and again. And you know why I think that is? Mm. I think A24, and I hate to say that a studio is a genre, but you know, in the 30s, you would have said that Warner Brothers yeah. is a genre. MGM is a genre. A24 doesn't make movies for people. It makes movies for the voting members of the Academy of Motion Pictures. They only make Oscar bait. And I don't know who said this, but I saw a really good take, which is that there are dramas mm -hmm. and there are comedies. Basically, those are the two kinds of movies. But there's a third genre. And the only audience for this genre really is the voting members of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences and the people who vote at the Academy. Right. And those movies are Oscar bait. That's who the audience is for. And I think that what A24 or what the Daniels are saying is that they're very stupid people. And they need to be told something five See, or six times. I think times. that's very cynical. I think that people are happy this movie won because it did transcend that in a lot of ways. I think that people really enjoyed this movie. Look, it was made for $14 million. It grossed about 500000 its first weekend. The only reason it's successful is the people who saw it in that first weekend went out and told their friends, go see this movie. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, but all A24s do a platform release like that. That would follow the exact budget release and grossing sure. every A24 but this release. this movie had such a strong word of mouth. Sure. Following. Like, people love this movie. In our age, do you really believe in word of mouth? Yes, to an extent. I yes. don't. I do. It's all bullshit. <laughs> it's whisper campaigns. I think, if everyone, I think if everyone could figure that out, then you'd have a lot more low budget movies made that were successful. I don't think everyone can figure that out. Yeah. I think A24 can figure that out because The Green Knight was a fucking terrible movie too. I didn't like that movie either. Oh, really? I thought you loved it. No. Oh, God. The movie gave me deep anxiety. Anxiety. And the same thing. Just boredom. Yeah. I think um, a movie to me is similar to, it's not similar at all in like theme or look, God, but like. I, I don't know if you know how much my opinion of you just increased when you said you didn't like Green Knight. <laughs> well, great. <laughs> Wonderful. I, I can go home and happy and sleep well I'm, tonight. I'm, <laughs> no, take that one with you. Um, that's that's good for you. I Spring Breakers had a similar thing where one. it was like nonlinear to the point of like, I get. I don't know what about it, but like I had an anxiety attack in that movie as well. And not in like a good way. This movie brought it out of me and just like I'm not in a mental space to follow this. Yeah. And I just in both of those movies, I had similar feelings about. No. Well, I didn't see Spring Breakers. I can't offer commentary on it. It's just they're not similar movies, except for the fact that like they're poems, they're lyrical, they're not dialogue yeah. based. What I'm going to say is very dismissive of people in general. It's probably going to get me canceled <laughs> just in general. Is that this podcast? Like how, how many episodes until Greg gets canceled? This is a, this is a giant black bagel of a take, right? I think movies like this. So if you look at the history of the Oscars, right? It is well known. The best picture winner is not usually going to be the most relevant. Usually. that came out that year. It's right. The thing that was meant to appeal to the Academy. Sure. I think movies like this come out. And uh, uh, in particular, this one, which is like pseudo bourgeois intellectualism. It's not an art house movie because you would see that displayed, you know, in some weird wall at the MoMA mm -hmm. and it's 14 hours of ants building right, sure. a hive out of glitter. Yeah, it's not experimental. Or, right, yeah. exactly. And but it feels fun. And the people who think okay. of themselves as very big headed voting members of the Academy. Look at this and they say, oh, what a fun movie. 
I'm going to vote for that one. And they vote for it. And then the people who aren't voting members want. So like to them, this is a popcorn movie. This is a really fun ride popcorn movie. Mm -hmm. And then the other half of the public out here with the hoi polloi, they want to feel that they're into important movies. They don't accept like this movie in a lot of ways. They don't accept their own reality. Most people. They want to grasp for some other version of themselves, some other version. Of, they like to imagine themselves to be a lot of people, not everybody, but obviously enough to make this movie make $500,000 in a weekend, which isn't really that much money anyway. That's uh, what I mean. That's my whole point. It's yeah. not a lot of money. Uh, or in general, right. In general, I bet it hasn't made that much money either. It's made like $148,000 or million dollars. Probably a lot in China. Probably, but it's it's done very well. Okay. I think that... And nobody's going to agree to this because it's a fucking insult. What I'm about to say, people are going to be like, "Greg's right about me." They're going to be like, "No, you're wrong. I hate you. Why would you dismiss me?" I think a lot of people want to. So I think you have the academy type members who are looking at this, saying, "Like, what a fun little thing. It's just like a, it's just like a cool romp." And it actually says something too. I like that. Ooh, neat popcorn flick. Let's vote for that. That's cool. I like that. It feels fun for them. And then I think there's a lot of, and those people are fucking self-important assholes, right? And then I think there's a lot of people who would like to grasp for intellectual cinema because they think it makes them, they, they imagine, people like to imagine themselves as being smart, being important, being high-minded. And they see this movie, which is a bloated martial arts popcorn movie, but it has this little air around it of being very smart. And they think that liking this movie makes them smarter or better or something like that. And so they, I hate to use this word, they gaslight themselves into liking it. But I think if you're objective about it, it's too fucking long. I sometimes think that when you don't like a thing, you reach really far for reasons why people are stupid for liking it. Um, maybe. And that they don't really like it. They're just pretending to like no, it. No, no, no. I think that they think they really like it. That's, but you just said what I said. No. I think well, that they difference. think. Slight difference. You don't think that people are smart enough to know what they like? No. You think you know better what they like. I know people aren't that smart. Because you buy things all the time that are predatory products that are designed exclusively to rip you off and you're happy about it. Advertising works. War, religion, and advertising. Yeah, but The Greg, three most profitable industries in the universe back from, are convinced. You just got back from Disney World. You want to know why? <laughs> because I have a disease. Because I have a mental yeah, disorder. Like, you, it doesn't it's have to be. It's not a good be, thing. <laughs> yeah, but like. It doesn't have to be all doom and gloom. Like you can like a movie without it. You being, can like a movie. Being you, you can. like a movie that's too long. You could like a movie that can have things cut out of it. You can like a movie. I just want to finish my point that war, religion, and advertising <laughs> okay. are the three most profitable industries yes. on earth. Every single one of them is built on making people do things they don't like that are against their own interest while making them think they like it. Every single one of them. So an argument for that could be made for every single thing that anybody consumes. So we should all just sit in our basements, do nothing. Kind of. Yeah, but okay, that's fine. You can do that. I'm not gonna. Okay. Because I have a disease. <laughs> that you want to live life yes. disease? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. that, I think that there's a, an element there. You know, of it, it's a very cynical way of saying that anything that you consume is somebody else's way of manipulating you no it's it's that's exactly what i'm saying sure but like there are things that are mutually beneficial for people as well such as being entertained yeah um i would agree 
People need to be eating food. You need to eat eating food. good food. No, you need to eat the. I mean, you no, need to you eat don't, food. You don't have to, right. but it is beneficial and nice to do so. Um, I enjoy it. Uh, that is a weakness in me. Yeah. See, I don't. I think that's a weakness. I think thinking that anything it's like anything that you enjoy is a way you're being manipulated is like then that sucks. It does. Yeah. I'm in the bagel. But that doesn't like do you, <laughs> like. I think that that is an example of, I think I'm really smart. So I've outsmarted this whole system. Maybe. So I, and it's like, okay, sure. But like, I don't need to be miserable in that way. To feel like I've bested people who are trying to make me like things. I think I would like this created. movie more if it was just a dumb martial arts movie and not try or. I would not like it more if it was more highbrow. It feels like, let me come back to this point. It feels like specifically this movie is trying to be the most crass kind of middlebrow where you appeal to people who imagine themselves to be highbrow art consumers without actually um, being that, which is also a terrible thing to be. I think highbrow art is garbage in general. I'm opposed to the highbrow. Um, I would prefer lowbrow. Uh-huh. I think that lowbrow is honest and is more. Um, it's just more honest. I think right? it's generally. Yeah, sure. That comes back to the uh, art museum and knowing that it's all Nepo babies with their stuff. Exactly. On the wall. Sure. Exactly. And so I don't know. I feel a little like I don't love that about this movie. Yeah, I didn't feel like it was trying to be highbrow. Well, it won an Oscar, so it was. Sure. If that, yeah, sure. But so did Parasite. Which one was Parasite? Parasite was, we talked about this movie, um, another Asian oh, film. Oh, yeah. That was a good flick. I liked that. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, did the Dan, I don't know what if did the Parasite Daniels, win Best Picture, Okay. a host of other stuff as well, but yeah. I did the Daniels set out to make an Oscar movie. I don't know. I don't, I haven't seen enough interviews with them. I don't know them well enough to know. If I don't it was produced by A24, they did. That, A24 only invests in Oscar movies. Um, you know, I don't think that their previous work what, the, is that they did um, Swiss Army Man. And the music video that I'm familiar with, which is turned down for what? Right. And she's uh, the dancer actress from that. She's been in a bunch of stuff since then. She's in this. Okay. She's in, um, she's the, uh, uh, in like that Bollywood musical or whatever that you keep saying. Oh, 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 oh. She was in, yeah, and she was in. Um, I know there's something else. I'm trying to think of what she No, was. she was in that stupid Christmas movie with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell, too. Oh, really? She plays one of the uh, one of the ghosts. She was on a show that I was really into, and it might have been, was she on Glow? She might have been on Glow. Okay. I loved that show. That was a good show. I'm pissed that show got canceled. All right. Well, do you have final thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's really much else to say. I feel like I was a little too honest on this one. No, I, think I don't people think are gonna people hate me. I don't think people should hate. I will. First of all, nobody should uh, feel. I, I I find it silly that people feel hurt by other people's opinions on things like movies. You're allowed to like or dislike. Yeah, but I directly insulted people on purpose. When you <laughs> when you have to make them liking something about being like manipulated or stupid in some way. Yeah. That I think you like enter a new territory because anyone can make that argument about anything. But you the should. end of the days, 
movies are subjective and sometimes you are allowed to just like something without feeling like it's attacking you. And this comes back for the third time to my point. Yeah. That since anybody can make that argument about anything, anything that you instinctively automatically like, you should step back, get distant and objective about it and cold and ask yourself, why is this resonating with me? Yeah. Should I allow this to resonate me? Is what this person is saying designed to resonate with me? Because that would be very cynical. And what is their ulterior motive in, in that? If their ulterior motive is to sell a product like an entertainment piece, that's, yeah. you know, that's fun. That's great. If their ulterior motive is to whip me into some moral panic and a frenzy, that's not good. But it's the exact same mechanism and developing the hmm. tools to uh to immediately on the spot self-analyze about that yeah, is to, how you yeah. resist being whipped how into you reject a moral the panic. garbage. Yeah. I yeah. I think that's a worthwhile message, especially with things the way they are now. Whew, man, I was in trouble there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that people don't feel so attached to things that they feel they can't be criticized. I have that is when you get into danger, I think. I once referred to the Marvel movies as a military recruiting uh, psyop, mm -hmm. uh, a, like a war propaganda thing. And uh, someone at a party left because they were so angry. At yeah. Them. Well, I think there is an argument to be made that lots of like that's outside of Marvel. That oh, is sort yeah. of. Yeah. That's a whole thing in Hollywood. Right. Absolutely. This one doesn't is not of that ilk it's not <laughs> it's no, at least not a psyop for war no and i have to say too like i think on the whole i just want to come back to this point i like the overall message of the movie i liked the characters i liked the acting i could have done with a lot less kung fu or maybe even an edit where there isn't kung fu that'd be nice give me the kung fu yeah. option let's give let's give greg the hour and a half kung fu less version and see how how it goes that'd be great yeah <laughs> I don't need kung fu less, but less kung fu would yeah, be fine. Yeah, sure. Kung fu light option. You know? I yeah, don't need sure. any of those fights. Like the one in the where they're hiding out in the sex dungeon and she fights with the shield. Yeah. That was so long. She fights with the shield. She steals the ballistic shield. Oh, when shield. she comes out. Well, that's what leads in. That is the chunk of the movie that I think if it was pulled out for you, this movie would be more successful. Oh, my God. Yes. From that moment, mm. that goes into butt plug moment. It's so long. Yeah, it is pretty long. And I uh, agree. Like, I do think that that chunk could probably be seamlessly removed from the film. And I hate to say this, but when I've, you know, I tweeted something about this and people say, like, I was, I don't know what you're talking about. I was just enjoying the fun action scenes. Yeah. I just want to be like, you're fucking dumb. It is. So that action <laughs> sequence is what, where she matures from not really being able, like, into fully being able to go in between these worlds independently. Yeah, I just I think we could if it does anything, it does that and it could do that. You could have done that just in the office. Yeah. You can do that probably that, like in three shots or 20 minutes of fighting. I don't yeah. or maybe just felt that way, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Fucking long. Man. Yeah. Um, it felt like a lot. And right. then I uh, it does get exhausting at that point, I think, yeah. with all, like with the act, just nonstop action. Have you gotten to make any points about this or have I really dominated this shit? No, I think I did. Well, no, I, I no, I, I think I did. I think anybody. early on, for sure. No, I, I don't think you're as steamrolling as you think. I do think we've gotten into a loop of the same conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So we should probably end it there. We or, probably should. Yeah. I just wanted to leave the idea that I did like a lot of it. I feel like the existential crisis for joy is a little unearned. And I, oh, there was, I'm sorry. There was, oh, I wish the movie had made a clear decision about whether or not this was actually happening. Mm -hmm. That's all. But I know why they didn't. Yeah. Because like you said, it's about like, emotions. Uh, yeah. It's not about science fiction. It's an emotional outpouring. I felt the movie for me was very cathartic because I, I have a chaotic brain, I feel like sometimes. And I, every time I get to the rock scene, I feel this like physical release. And I think that's a really cool feeling. And I think because of the length of time that you're sort of stuck in this Kung Fu world, that release is very effective for Maybe me. Maybe it's necessary. Um, and I like the first time I saw the movie, that scene brought me to tears. I wow. like Shit. I don't cry a ton in movies. Oh, no, not at all. But I, there is just something about and she says kind of what you're saying in this is that like I don't remember what the exact line is, but the sentiment is that um, you kind of think you get a grasp of things and then some that people just keep creating things to make you feel shittier and like. Yes. There's going to be something new that comes in and it's going to make you feel We're even going to discover shittier. a thing that will make you feel like an even smaller piece even of shit. Even a smaller piece of shit. Like, and I think that the consumerism that you're reacting to is the constant feeling of now I need this. Now I need this. Why do I need this? I don't really know, but I don't know what else to do. So I'm going to have this. Uh, it, I think that like, that pause for a lot of people like that beat in the movie seems to be something that resonates with people of just like you can stop you can just be a rock which in a way is kind of what you're saying ironically is that like you don't need all of this you can just yeah. be a rock you can just be a rock yeah i did like the rocks yeah i thought it was weird when they started moving well that's she turns around and says there are no because they're at that point there are no rules like they've sort of it's matrixy and like they've they've uh ascended to a point of being able to manipulate this the universes i suppose mm. there, that's what she says to her is you're not supposed to be able to move and she says but there are rules matrix is movie gets compared to the matrix a lot which we didn't talk about we're not really gonna get into it now we should do a matrix episode we should would we do just the matrix i think so yeah i think so too well i feel like we could talk about the others but i don't I think we have talk about to one and them. four i don't think the ones in the middle matter yeah i would agree with you there at four i yeah it's fine <laughs> it's <laughs> not my listening favorite movie. can't see her face she's not into that one i'm with you, I'm with I, you. it was fine it was fine i was happy to see the characters back i liked i was the idea <laughs> yeah we'll let, we'll save it for save a podcast it for another about the matrix uh this is greg once again saying please don't cancel me <laughs> and uh no i think some dissent on this movie is good i was looking for some more because i know not everyone loved it yeah and i was looking for more critique out there and i do think i mean i'm not listening to everything obviously i'm listening to major stuff but it, this does feel like a movie that people were bullied into loving a little bit, right? Like, I do feel like <sighs> I hear instead of people being critical about it, everyone's like, you know, I really liked it. And then there are people who love it. And it's like, I appreciate the dissent. I think that in five years, no one's going to talk about this movie. I don't think that. I think especially for the like immigrant community, yeah, it hits home in a really huge way. That may be true. Like I, we had a realtor uh, showing us an apartment when we were still apartment hunting and 
She asked what we did. And I told her I had a podcast about movies. And the first thing she asked is, are you going to talk about everything I wrote all at once? So I don't know. Maybe it burns out. But I think it's weird enough that it sticks around. Well, I do want to point out, though, that if a movie, you know, ends up narrow over time, its appeal narrows to a singular um, yeah. subculture or, or ethnic group, then I feel like that would be a movie that has been largely forgotten. Yeah, I think that's sad no. because you know what the movie is going to st- you know the movie from last year that's going to stick around 20 years from now is? No, which? Probably Maverick, probably Top Gun Maverick. I did not see that. I haven't either. I have no and desire. I have no to. desire to. I keep hearing people say it's so good and I'm like, how could that be but true? But that's the thing is like what sticks around now? I, I don't, don't think know. it'll stick around. In 20 years, we'll we'll regroup. I think people will still be watching the original and nobody will care about the sequel. Yeah. What Oscar movies have really stuck around? There's not a lot. There's not a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Return of the King. Yeah. I know you don't love it, but it will stick around. It does? Yes. I guess it does. I of guess people does. talk about that movie. People watch Lord of the Rings. There's conventions about like, yeah, it's it's stuck around for sure. Um, was Remember Crash? God, yes. Wasn't that an Oscar winner? It was. I, that to me is what this movie is. Oh, no. I don't think so. I, think I did not like Crash. Ev- but... Evaporate like Crash. I don't think so. But in five years, we should have we should make bets. We should start like a box that we put our bets in. <laughs> we'll open it up someday and see. Who's you can right. actually just tell we'll your phone. Remind right. me in five years. I guess I could. Yeah. You can just tell your phone that it'll do it. But we need like a we need like a like a like a lockbox or like is this is is this a one that sticks around? Well, we've done so many. It's a subjective question. Recently too. on the show, we've done the proven movies that have stuck around because we've got the benefit of time to know that yeah so yeah with newer movies do christopher nolan movies stick around i think the batman begins will yeah i think they're getting a little bit of like he's not the best batman backlash but yeah. i think when the kids who grew up with those movies grow up they'll oh maybe kind of like the prequels the star wars prequels which... keaton. we just watched the original batman Oh, so do we. With Keaton. Should, I hadn't we should do seen an episode it. on that. Yeah. You've it, never seen it? Oh, no, no. I hadn't seen it. In years. I mean, I'm, and maybe I'd only seen it once or twice as a, <gasps> as a kid. That was like a phenomenon. In I've movie. seen the second many more times. I have not seen the second that many With times. Michelle I like the second a lot, but I haven't Dan seen it. We could do those as a package. We should do those as yeah. a package. All right, guys. We really do have to end this episode. This has been very long. <laughs> as long as the movie. No, it hasn't. <laughs> this is still tighter than that fucking movie. <laughs> Oh, don't you put that bad juju on us. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. This is Midnight Local. Uh, how do we end an episode, Meredith? We say thank you to Annie Villalobos. We say thank you to Annie Villalobos. Uh, editor and producer and to Studio 71, thank who you, Studio 71. is our partner in this whole thing. Hallowed be thy name. And to Heather Vaughn, who's done our artwork. Heather Vaughn. And then usually we ask for thanks. Saint and patron of the arts. From Epidemic Sound. Oh, Epidemic Sound. You better thank us. We use your music. Thank you all so much for watching uh, and listening and all of the above. Please like, subscribe, and uh, download wherever you get your podcasts. That's all. Check Good us night. out on TikTok. Yeah, we're on places. At Midnight Local. Bye.